Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? What's uh, what's on your fall racing calendar? Anything Man, yet? I'm so... I'm so frustrated. We we uh, my running partner and I keep getting hit with uh, everything from injuries to you know family challenges, which create some financial pressures and not allowing us to to really schedule much. We had we had a couple weekends of available uh, opportunities. There was a great one we were looking at in Sedona because we have not run Arizona. There's like cool. a Red Rocks Sedona run. It looked amazing. Looks like that's going to have to be next year. So i i might I might just do something local. I don't think it's going to be a destination, which I'm kind of bummed about. But you know what? The We've local done... race season's tapering off, isn't it? What's yeah, the there's some good one ones October? in the fall. There's some good ones. There's like some gorge runs and things like that. Right. I'll be, you know, we'll see what's out there. Uh, but we had a, you know, we got a couple in. I look back. I can't. I mean, Vegas was in January, and then we did. Um, I think we did St. Paul or something like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. We've done a couple already, but... Mm-hmm. Strong yeah. start and tapering off. Tapering off. And then I, stupid pickleball, rolled my ankle two weeks ago. I had to get an x-ray this morning. I'm clear, but apparently I pulled some tendon or something. And so I'm three weeks in, and it's been frustrating. I'm running on it, though. I'm done. Right. My, running modified like, duty or just my, run, my running friends were like, so are you, you okay? Like I'm like, yeah, I'm getting an x-ray tomorrow. <laughs> They're like, okay, <laughs> you sure should be running. I'm like, I, I'm over it. I'm done. I can't sit around. It's bad. I mean, you you out there know, especially as you're getting older, and you're physically active. When you start to get injured and break down, you just get. It's frustrating. Ah, oh, so frustrating. Anyways, so yeah, fall race calendar. Not much. A lot of football. UK football. Uh, Watching not in. playing. Yeah, yeah, definitely not playing. Watching a lot of football. And then swim season for our boys kicks in. And then something I have never, I cannot even believe we're doing this. On our way to California in the morning, the big vacation, the whole family, Wally World. Wally World, very exciting. In a few weeks, instead of a traditional fall break, we're blessed to go you know, to the beach or something like that, something our family does. We are going on three official college visits nice. for my son. We are going to visit three big-time SEC schools. We have visits lined up at the University of Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn. Can you tell he likes football? Yeah. So that's huge. I mean, that is uh, if there if that doesn't scream the end of the runway here for him. I mean, like leaving and going off to college. I don't know what does. It's unbelievable. Hmm. He told me we were supposed to go to the gym this morning. We go Monday, Wednesday, Friday early and he had a late night workout last night with his team they're getting back into it and i woke up this morning and i had a text from him that he had sent like at three thirty in the morning which i have no idea why he was up at three thirty. but he said he's like it's all you this morning i'm not able to go and he goes he signed off he goes i'm proud of you i love you <laughs> and i was like okay that's what i usually say to him yep. but to you know full circle i didn't go to the gym by the way oh no i yes, sat and drank my coffee it's nothing to be. He's proud my motivation. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the gym time. Like he's my motivation. I, I, I probably would not go to the gym. I'd run. I run regularly, but he's my motivation to get in the gym. Hmm. Okay, uh, I've lost my train of thought. We got a good question today from Mary. Mary, what do you got? D I Y. Hey guys, 
This is Mary from Indianapolis, longtime listener of the show. Love that you now have some great female representation with Allie. Hey, girl. I was hoping you could revisit the topic of an IRA. I'm lucky that with my income, I no longer qualify for a Roth IRA. Can you talk about the benefits of a traditional and a Roth IRA and why someone would still want to do a backdoor Roth if their income is too high? Thanks. Girls rock! Okay, Mary, great question, and it's always good to revisit the basics. So let's uh, break it down, and I will, I promise, get to your actual question. But an IRA stands for an Individual Retirement Account, often... Uh, those are outside of an employer, such as a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. It's pretty synonymous to consider a traditional IRA uh, along with a rollover IRA. They're often, uh, I know they could be titled differently, and the proceeds or the, the amount of money that comes in there comes from different sources. But the rules are the same uh, as far as a traditional IRA and a, and a rollover IRA. So we'll kind of lump that into one. And the reason I say often outside of an employer is there are types of IRAs that are actually part of small businesses. If you're in a small business and you have less than 100 employees, you may have opted or might be participating in what's called a simple IRA. Or if you are a small business owner and you're trying to maximize your uh, tax sensitivity, you might be participating in what's called a SEP IRA, a Simplified Employee Pension IRA. And I still don't know why it's called a Simplified Employee Pension. But nonetheless, those are some of the basics of IRAs. And pretty much the rules, once you get money in there, are relatively the same, with the Roth being slightly different, in that... Your investments grow tax-deferred, meaning you're not going to get a 1099 every year. And if you go to sell something, whether it's a gain or a loss, you don't really have to worry about the tax consequences. However, when you go to use that money, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. Now, most IRAs, you are putting in pre-tax dollars. So you basically are putting money in that has yet to be taxed, or in the case of a traditional, you're getting a tax break on it, so it sort of becomes pre-tax. Hence, when you take it out, that's why it's taxed as ordinary income. The Roth, however, is post-tax dollars. You're paying tax on it now, you're putting it in, and then you're never paying tax on it again. Now, if you run kind of a linear spreadsheet... And you look at your tax bracket today and you say, well, wait a second. If I put taxes, if I if I pay tax on it now and put it in and it grows to, you know, X, it grows to Y, what's the difference is if I don't pay tax and it grows and then I pay tax on the future. And you could run that math and you could say it's basically the same. I mean, the variables are the same, the interest rate you use is the same. The difference is a couple of things. One is it's a basic assumption. I think it's a probably a pretty good one. It's dangerous, but it's a probably a pretty good one that rates are going to be higher in the future than they are today. Now, you could argue, yeah, but won't I be in a lower tax bracket, yada, yada? Maybe, maybe, all right? But rates are generally going to be higher. The biggest thing, in my opinion, for savers is that the Roth doesn't have what's called a required minimum distribution. What that means is that at a certain age, the government makes you start taking money out of basically everything except for a Roth. Why? So they can get their tax dollars. It's as simple as that. And oh, by the way, if you pass away and you give it to a non-spouse beneficiary, 
Everybody has to take those out within 10 years. That's including the Roth. However, the Roth is not taxed as ordinary income. So if you have kids that are in, let's say, peak earning years, they inherit this IRA. They have to take it out in 10 years, and they could be taxed at a substantial amount. Or it could push their entire bracket up. So that's some basics. Again, I know I went through it very quickly. Some of you, a lot of you probably already know these basics. You can do more research. Let me ask you, Daniel, you can answer her question specifically. Why would, if she's phased out, first of all, what does that mean? But she's phased out of a Roth. Why would someone still look at doing something in a Roth or trying to get money in some way into a Roth? Yeah, so both the uh, deductible IRA and the Roth IRA have um, income limitations, at which point when you make too much, you're not allowed to utilize that, hence uh, the backdoor Roth strategy where you make non-deductible contributions to an IRA, then move that over to a Roth IRA. Uh, The main reason why people would use this, I think the assumption is, well, you're going to have to pay tax on that anyway at this sort of high income tax bracket. Why would you then put it into... You know, try to be putting that into the Roth IRA. Well, the fact of the matter is you don't really have any other really good options. The other option, if you want to continue to save, is to put that into a taxable account, which means that you'll be taxed on the dividends or interest, and then eventually the capital gains when you go to sell that. Now, in retirement, you might be in a fairly low capital gains tax bracket, so that's one thing to consider. But by getting it into the Roth, you actually never pay taxes on that again. So since you're going to be paying uh, income tax on this money regardless, by utilizing the strategy, you're able to get that into a Roth and have some tax-free income later on in retirement, which is why we see a lot of uh, high earners use it. Now, the one sort of caveat to that is if you're going to have a period of uh, not high-earning years, sometime pre-retirements, in which case you could utilize a Roth IRA or something like that or sell those things at a lower capital gains tax bracket, then it may not always work. So you kind of have to understand sort of your year-by-year tax projections, things like that. You have to understand if you have uh, work products retirement plans sometime in those years that you could utilize and then Roth convert and various things. So there's a couple moving parts that you have to consider. But for most people who are on a high-earning sort of trajectory, they're going to stay on that trajectory. Uh, maybe they're either self-employed um, or in a professional sort of job where they are going to continue on that high earning trajectory for the foreseeable future, that a lot of times the best of the available options then becomes sort of that um, back to a Roth strategy. And say something. I will say this. One of the things I think is completely underestimated is non-IRA uh, savings, non-retirement savings. The previous question from Chris was asking about you know the difference of 457 or putting in non non retirement or you know some kind of Roth etc and one of the things i would say we see so often in our practice is folks pay so much attention to how much they're putting in their 401k they max it i try to max it out both husband and wife let's try to max these things out anything left over maybe we'll do a Roth and so it, it becomes this situation where the kids leave so there's no more deductible expense there for child credit. Uh, we don't have mortgage. Most people, I mean, you don't have mortgage interest deductibility. Most people don't even itemize anymore. So the, the reality is, is that deductions that used to be there maybe aren't anymore. But as you get older, they certainly become less. And again, you don't have child tax credits and et cetera. So you find yourself in a situation where you're approaching retirement and you have this boatload of money. In a, in a 401k, and you think, well, that's great. Now, I'll, I'll use that. 
And what you don't understand is the, the government, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, but this is one thing Congress knows really, really well, is how to tax your money. <laughs> they, and, and, and then, you know, they don't use it really well, but they know how to tax it. And so they put you in a position, they give you all these benefits, but the benefit is, comes with this backhanded method by which they significantly tax you. And we find so many people that enter retirement and they start drawing this retirement out and they have this very rude awakening that it's significantly taxed. And double whammy is if they've not saved anything for, let's say, major purchases or home renovation or whatever it may be. Because I'll tell you, those first couple of years you retire, you remodel the kitchen. Or you buy an RV. I, I, just, I mean, well, when the kids are gone and we retire, we won't spend uh, you know as much money. That's a hill of beans. That's nonsense. You will. I've seen it a hundred times. Because you do these things that are finally, you have time to do. You have finally the opportunity. So you need a, a, a chunk of money. And they go, well, you know, yeah, it's going to be a hundred grand, so I'll take it out of my account. And I go, okay, so we're, we're going to withdraw 140000 well, no, no, whoa, 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 wait a second. I only need 100 Yeah, yeah, but we're going to have to send, you know, 29% to the federal government and another 5% to the state. And basically, you know, we're going to make sure that we have enough in, you know, whoa, 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 I didn't know that. Yeah, that's real. So the planning process in having these non, non-retirement savings is is very, very critical. So I would say to young people out there, yes, it's important to max your retirement. It's important to get the match. It's important to look at Roth IRAs. But when you've, I hear this all the time, what else can we do? What else can we do? And that's a great problem to have when most of America is struggling paycheck to paycheck. But what else can we do? What else can you do is open a brokerage account and start investing in index funds or you know, Berkshire Hathaway or something that you're diversified and you're building a pool of money outside the retirement so that you have incredible flexibility when you reach retirement to control your tax bracket. Yeah, I think what people need to keep in mind is that the important point is not paying the least amount of tax this year, but it's about paying the least amount of tax when your tax rate is potentially the highest. And so that's where planning comes into play and looking out into the future and going, where's some of these times that you could potentially have high tax rate? How do we smooth that out over time such that your aggregate average tax rate over your lifetime is relatively smooth, potentially at the lowest level? Uh, and that's something that's kind of hard to forecast, but that's something that financial planning, a kind, of, kind of a comprehensive plan really looks at. Excellent. We'll end it there. Mary, that was a great question. Thank you so very much. Mary? Mm. My Mary? We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. All she did was sent us an audio file to podcast at DIYMoney.org. That's podcast at DIYMoney.org. Keep those questions coming. And remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.